You're listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. The views and opinions shared on this program don't necessarily reflect those of Citywide Home Loans. Citywide Home Loans, LLC, NMLS 67180. David Hosterman, NMLS 220562. Jonathan Edwards, NMLS 671258. Equal housing lender. Regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Call for additional cost information. Program qualifications and offerings are subject to change at any time. Not all that apply will qualify. Other restrictions may apply. Good morning and welcome to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. I'm Jonathan Edwards with Citywide Home Loans. In the studio this morning, we have our MVP guest host, Rick Culp with Brokers Guild Real Estate. This is the show that brings you today's most relevant real estate insights and experiences from the industry's most dedicated players. Have you heard of a short sale but are unsure exactly what it is or how it works? You're not alone, don't worry. Rick Culp with Brokers Guild Real Estate is here to school us on short sales. You won't want to miss today's episode. And stay tuned for a triple play of Denver's hottest listings. Throwing out our yellow card here, a quick disclaimer that Citywide Home Loans and Brokers Guild Real Estate are not affiliated entities. Listeners are not required to use either participant to work with the other participant, and Citywide Home Loans has no affiliation with the Federal Housing Administration or the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. Rick, thanks for joining us on the show again. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Great to see you, Rick. This is probably your fourth or fifth time on the show. I'd say, yeah, yeah, five or six times now. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us again. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. For those, um, I, I know Rick pretty well, but Rick, for, for our audience that doesn't know you very well, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your experience in real estate here. Well, I've, I've been in Denver for about 35 years and, and building real estate now for about 28 of those 35 years. And so I've obviously seen a lot of ups and downs in the market. Ups and downs in the market for sure. Um, major changes though, from 35 years ago till today, I've been out here. I think this is my 18th year in Colorado and I can remember when you could drive from one side of Denver to the other side of Denver and it didn't take, you know, an hour to get there. So, uh, what kind of, what sticks out the most for you, Rick, when you think about what's changed from, what is that? 1980 something late eighties. Probably the thing that's changed the most is when I got into real estate, uh, interest rates were eight and a half percent, and people now are kind of concerned about seven percent rates. They were eight and a half percent back then. However, the average price of a home was give or take about two hundred thousand, and now it's six hundred thousand. Right. So that's right. the that's the difference. Yeah, that's a good point, right? So the values on homes have basically tripled in that time, um, which you know, I mean, you see the amount of people moving to the Denver area. And I can't say that I'm shocked that you've seen uh, values go up that much. I think the amount that you've seen values go in the last 10 years is a little bit more shocking just in that last 10 year period. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting and it's a great place to live and it's, there's, you know, obviously the mountains and the rivers and stuff like that. And people enjoy that. The weather's, weather's pretty darn nice too, isn't it? I think it's great. Uh, We did have kind of a wet June this year but overall uh you know i've lived in different parts of the country originally from the south where it's there's a lot of bugs and humidity and i like the nice dry climate and the sunny days here 
Yeah, it's really nice. Well, Rick, let's talk, uh, before we dive into short sales, I always like to ask our agents, and, and you've actually got some agents that you work with, that you mentor. Tell our audience, what, what are you seeing? What's your feel for the real estate market right now in Denver? You know, it's it's still pretty good. Uh, even though rates have gone up, home prices have really not dropped much, and that's because our inventory levels are still really low. So as long as our inventory levels are low, then I don't foresee prices dropping a lot. I have noticed, though, when a homeowner decides to put their house on the market, if they overprice it, it is going to sit. Yeah. But homes that are priced properly will sell, still sell fairly quickly. So it's not not where we were in terms of heat two years ago, but it's still moving pretty good. We still have I mean, people are still moving to Denver, and there's still a very real demand for homes. We have seen a good amount of home building, probably a real good amount of home building over the last few years. And if you drive around the outskirts of the city, you certainly see plenty more developments that are going up. I visited a couple of developments over the last few weeks as well. So there's new homes coming on the market, but not enough, it seems, to, to be able to meet that that demand that we have right now. No, the builders really cranked it up when we started hitting these low inventory levels two or three years ago. The builders had slowed down for a while, but they've really you know picked it back up since then. All right, Rick, let's do it. Let's dive into short sales here. So first of all, tell tell our audience, what is a short sale? I think it's one of those terms that people have heard before, um, but most people probably, you know, or a lot of people can't explain exactly what that is. What is a short sale? Well, very simply put, a short sale is when the lien holder will allow the homeowner to sell their home for less than what is owed against the property. Okay, makes sense. So you've got a mortgage, you've got a home, but you can't afford to make those mortgage payments anymore. You need to sell the home, but maybe you can't sell it for what you owe on it. And so that mortgage company says, okay, we're going to let you sell the home for less than what you owe us, essentially, or less than what you owe all lien holders on the property. Exactly. Yep. All right. Now, how does that differ from, say, like a foreclosure? So a foreclosure is could be a situation where you're behind on your payments, but you still have equity in your home. So you can put your home on the market and sell it before your foreclosure sell date uh, and, and, and put pocket your equity. In a short sale situation, you may or may not be in foreclosure. You could very well be in foreclosure as well, but you don't have any equity in the home. And so you're going to have to make an appeal to the lender to say, can I sell my home for less than I owe on it? So you can actually be in foreclosure, and in, in foreclosure is that you have missed three payments and received a and, notice and, from and the in, servicer. In Colorado, it's 120 days. 120 days without having made a payment. You're 120. So you days could later. be theoretically 120 days or more having not made a payment, but still do a short sale. Even if you've been served the foreclosure documentation, you can still do a short sale. As long as the lien holder allows you to do so. Absolutely. And at that point, the lien, if the lien holder did approve your short sale, they would withdraw your foreclosure sale date. Do all lien holders have to agree to the short sale? Yes. Sometimes there's a first and a second. On right. The or a third home. sometimes. And, and possibly. So what happens is the primary lien holder has to go to any junior lien holders and settle with them. 
Okay. So they're going to say, hey, we're not going to get our money back on this. We're going to get less than our money, but we'll give you this amount if you'll allow them to short sale the property. And in most cases, the max contribution that a primary lien holder will pay to a junior lien holder is $6,000. Really? 6000 is it. Even if there's two or three junior lien holders, the combined payout from the primary will not exceed 6000 typically. Because, and but pri- if it goes into foreclosure, they theoretically get nothing. They get nothing. Right? So the junior lien so, holders know that more than likely they're just going to have to take it. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Um, so you gave me some notes to look at here, Rick. Talk to me about deficiency judgment and in, in impacts with Freddie, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae. So Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae have posted verbiage on their website. When you do a foreclosure and or a short sale, uh, whatever that deficiency to the bank is, sometimes the bank will send a 1099 to you and you have a tax liability for that deficiency. So if you're $50,000 short, you owe taxes on the 50000 However, Fannie and Freddie and short sales quite frequently will waive that deficiency judgment. Interesting. Okay. That's good information there. Uh, loss mitigation departments. Can you talk to me about that? So... Most all of the lien holders have a loss mitigation department. That that is a department that deals with this type of situation: homes in foreclosure, short sales, distressed properties. And there usually will be an individual in that loss mitigation department that will be specifically assigned to your file. So that's kind of nice. So you 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 you're in that situation with a short sale. There's, I'm sure, a ton that has to go on behind the scenes. And are you, as the real estate agent, facilitating and coordinating a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff, or is the client themselves having to do a bunch of the work? It's actually both. Both, yeah. yeah. The, real, the real estate agent actually has to stay on top of the client because yeah. in a short sale situation, there's a what's called a workout package, a very detailed package of information that the lien holder will require and it has to be 100% complete when you submit it to the lien holder. So you really have to work with your homeowner and make sure that they are forwarding all the required information to the lien holder. But it's nice that loss mitigation department, at least in terms of the uh, working with the lien holder, you've got one person that you can communicate with and contact if you have questions or if you need something. I assume that's where that's going with it, right? Absolutely. That, and, and it's called a first point of contact. And that's actually a new law in Colorado. You're it's really nice to have. First I feel like otherwise you could be getting somebody else, somebody new yeah. every time you call. But you, you, you typically will have an individual that is assigned to that file that you'll communicate with. So in, in the case of a short sale, does that have any impact on somebody's credit report or credit scores? It, it absolutely does. Now, the primary difference between a foreclosure and a short sale is that a foreclosure, if you go through a foreclosure, it will stay on your credit report for seven years, and you're usually not able to buy in that seven-year period. On a short sale, it's not, it does not show as a foreclosure, obviously, on your credit report. There will be some dings to your score, but typically my understanding is that people can requalify and get back into a home in the near future, possibly two to three years, where they're waiting seven years on a foreclosure. Yeah, so on on a foreclosure, um, we we can lend within seven years on a foreclosure. 
Um, but it varies depending on the program, FHA, conventional. So if you have questions on that, definitely reach out to us or a lender. We can, uh, we can take a look and see. On a short sale, you in all likelihood have missed some payments on that mortgage. Most – based on the research that I've done, and I worked short sales in the last market crash of 2007 to 2010, typically most of the lien holders won't start short sale proceedings unless you're three, month, three payments behind. Okay. Which in and of itself will have a major impact on the credit report and the credit scores itself. So uh, one of the <laughs> – one of the worst derogatory items or mispayments you can have on your credit is that of missing a mortgage payment. You really you want to avoid that at all costs if you can. Um, three missed mortgage payments is what we call a 90-day late on the credit report. And each one of those misses is having a pretty big impact to your scores. It's going to negatively affect those scores. Uh, a 90-day late on your mortgage in all likelihood means that you're going to have to wait at least 12 months, if not longer, uh, to be able to purchase a home. But that's you know better than four years or whatever um, you know program you want to go with. Four-plus years to wait to buy a home versus one year, short sale doesn't sound so bad. No, absolutely. Uh, what about hardship letters? What, what's that all about? So in the short sale process, you have to prove to the lien holder that you have a legitimate hardship. Now, a hardship could be a loss of employment. Maybe you've gone through a divorce. Uh, maybe you've had some medical expenses. Uh, maybe you're at the military and you've been relocated or your job is relocating you. So it's not like you want to sell, but you're in a position where you have to. Okay. So typically the lender, uh, lien holder, uh, will ask you to draft a hardship letter describing in detail what is your hardship, okay, and why do you think that we should consider you as a valid um, hard, uh, short sale candidate? Gotcha. You are listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. On ESPN Denver 1600 AM, check out past episodes on our podcast at denversports.com. For mortgage questions and information, give us a call at 303-921-5747. If you would like to get in touch with Rick Kalp about buying or selling your next home, he can be reached at 303-995-4788. And Rick, this is the part of our show where we talk about Denver's hottest listings, and I've got actually a few of them here today, which is great. We talked earlier in the show about how listings can be kind of hard to come by these days. I've got a few of them here by some great agents. The first one is uh, Shelby Harris with the Red Team, and she's got a great single-family residence at 9742 Chambers Drive in Commerce City, listed at 539,000, just over 2,700 square feet. It's a four-bed, three-bath home. Absolutely beautiful. I'm looking at the pictures here. If you'd like some more information on this great property, reach out to Shelby Berry at 720-319-3505. And Jaime Gomez with Brokers Guild Real Estate has a really cool property here at 975 Marble Street in Broomfield. It's listed at 729,900 with just under 3,000 square feet. It's a five-bed, three-bath home. If you would like some more information on this property, reach out to Jaime Gomez at 303-751-2400. 
Patrick Rampy, also with Brokers Guild, has a really cool property here at 1942 Irish Street. This is more of a uh, duplex residential income type property on the market at 695000 uh, just about 2,300 square feet. Each unit has two beds and one bath. Um, and it is a really, really nice property, a good opportunity for an investment. If you'd like some more information on this property, reach out to Patrick Rampy at 720-935-2184. And the address on that property is 1942 Iris Street in Lakewood. Again, a great investment opportunity there. And finally, Dan Maley with Your Castle Real Estate has an awesome property at uh, 4900 Irving Street in Denver. It's listed 696,000, just under 2,000 square feet, a three-bedroom, three-bath home. Um, if you would like some more information on this property, reach out to Dan Maley at 720-951-1848. All right, Rick, let's dive back in here, talk about some short sales uh, time frame for closing. Can you give us an idea? Once somebody sort of decides that they want to try and go the route of a short sale, what's the time frame in the process look like? Well, it's certainly not the same time frame as you would have on a normal sale. Yeah. All right. So once you've got a contract and you've submitted your contract and all your required documentation to the lien holder, you're not going to close any sooner probably than 60 days, but you could, you should probably be prepared to possibly even close in 90 or 120 days on the, okay. on the far end. So this is not for a buyer buying a short sale that wants to close in 30 or 45 days. That's right. not going to happen. You've got to understand that this is a short sale and that this is going to take some time. There's a lot that needs to get done. So um, just and, know that and be prepared for it going in. Right? And you have to analyze the motivation of a buyer. If there are other homes in the neighborhood that they can close on in 30 days, why would they want to wait two, three, or four months to close on a short sale? Sure. And that probably would come down to price. And as their agent, right, uh, as the listing agent on the property, Rick, are you putting into the remarks, the MLS remarks, anything about it being a short sale? Yeah, absolutely. Disclosure is completely different on short sales than it is on foreclosures. On a foreclosure, as a listing broker, you are not required to disclose that the home is in foreclosure. That's a motivating circumstance. However, if you're listing your home with a broker, MLS rules and regulations state that you are required to disclose that it is a short sale, and you need to because even though the seller may sign the purchase contract, that contract is subject to a third-party approval, which is the lien holder. And so the buyer and the buyer's broker and the public need to know that even though the seller may actually sign your offer, it's still subject to approval by a third party. Awesome. Great information so far, Rick. This is really good. Hopefully our audience is picking up something new today. Um, what kind of documentation does somebody need? I mean, again, you're sort of at that point. You've talked with the borrower about a short sale, kind of what their options are, what the process looks like. What is going to be required of them from the lien holder? Well, the lien holder is obviously going to want to know, if do, do you have any assets? Because if you've got liquid cash in the bank, they're going to want some of that. They're not going to. And if you've got rental properties with equity, uh, so forth, they're probably going to 
be less likely to approve a short sale. Now, one of the things that I do know is that most lien holders will not make you liquidate any uh, retirement funds to do a short sale. You can hang on to your retirement funds, but they're going to want tax returns, bank statements, the hardship letter. They're going to want, um, like I said, a complete audit of all of your assets. And so it's, it's very extensive, but if you're, if you're organized and you get all the documentation um, to, to the lien holder, I think as long as it's not an excessively high short sale, you have a good chance of getting it approved versus the lien holder going through with the foreclosure, which is more costly to them in the long run. So when you got into short sales, back, let's say back in the day, like 2007 or so, like you said, there was quite a few of them. There were a lot of them, and we were seeing short sales take six, nine, 12 months to get approved. Is that right? I don't think we'll see that situation this time around. We won't see as many short sales this situation this time around. That market, most people went in with little or no money down with loan programs that weren't really good. This particular market, uh, since Dodd-Frank went in, the loan restrictions have tightened. The majority of people that um, – uh, have homes that are behind on have equity, but there are, like I said, a, a small number of people that are going to fall in the short range category, but the system won't be as bogged down as it was before. So it sounds to me almost like you think that short sales are, that we're going to see an increase in the number of short sales in the coming years. We we probably will. I'm starting to see a few of them hit the MLS already. It's not going to be to the extent we had in the last market crash, but we're going to see some. Most likely, people that purchased in 2022 going forward are going to be the ones. 2020, 2021, the market increased enough that yeah. those people have equity. But the people that bought in 2022 at the height of the market, right. and then now we've seen the market drop a little bit, people that bought in that time frame are probably – and there are people that have also done cash-out refis on their home yep. and pulled equity out, and now they could be in a, a situation as That's well. That's true. You are listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report on ESPN Denver 1600. Check out past episodes on our podcast at denversports.com. For mortgage questions and information, call us at 303-921-5747. And if you'd like some more information on buying or selling your next home or uh, to chat with Rick about a short sale situation, Rick can be reached at 303-995-4788. So, Rick, we've got a few minutes left here. We can jump on a couple of different topics, but um, I know you teach a foreclosure and short sale class. So it's safe to say, folks, Rick has been in real estate for years. Uh, back when there was a lot more short sales, Rick was involved in that in 2007, 2010. Um, if you have questions or involved uh, around uh, short sales, reach out to Rick Kolb. I mean, he can be a great resource for you uh, to help kind of walk you through that process. Absolutely. Um, I would consider myself probably a distressed property expert. Um, not that many agents in the metro area right now are familiar with it because we've had many. We're in 2023. Yeah. It's been 13, 14, 15 years since the last market crash. So we have all these newer agents that are now licensed that weren't involved in that market. I just happen to be one of the ones that were was around back then. Yep. Well, Rick, we uh, we are on ESPN Denver Radio, so let's talk a little bit about sports and what we're seeing in the sports world right now. Um, hockey, not much going on there. We know that. Rockies, I don't uh, not much that, going on there. Not either. much going on there, <laughs> right? There, 
they're about as exciting to watch right now. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's the Avs hockey, which isn't even playing right now. Uh, but hopefully they can pick it up. I think we always say that around this time of year. Maybe something will click and they can change it around and get going. Uh, how you feeling about the Broncos this year? Well, there's a lot of buzz, you know, about the Broncos. New coach and quarterback will be into his second year, kind of being becoming more familiar um, with the offense. I've heard that he's been working out, is in really good condition. I think he'll really – I think he definitely will have a better year this year. Uh, uh, Devontae Williams, the running back, was hurt. Tim Patrick, one of our top receivers, will be back. So I think there's a lot of excitement. The defense has been solid the last two or three years. So I and we, if you analyze all the close games that the Broncos lost, even without a new coach, I think there was a chance that we would improve uh, significantly. And with um, uh, Sean Payton's reputation, I think that and, and what he brings to the table, the Broncos are, are going to be an improved team this year. They'll be, I think they'll be competitive. I think training camp starts in just a couple of weeks, right? I think so. Yeah. So that's exciting. And then, we and, got and uh, the temperatures gotten really hot just in time. <laughs> just in time. Uh, yeah, what are we? We're in mid-July right now, so preseason starts next month, and then September hits, and we got football again. Football again. It's exciting. Uh, what else we have? The Nuggets. The Nuggets won their championship this year, and I had read that their entire starting lineup is coming back next year. They are. They lost, They did lose a couple of uh, key pieces. Bruce Brown was our number one player off the bench. Yeah, he was picked up, signed. You know, as not free, too surprising. As a, no, as a free. Well, he got his ring, and now yeah. he's going for the money, and you can't blame him. No, uh, it's interesting in listening to um, uh, different talk shows around. A lot of uh, people still feel like the Nuggets will need to win another championship to really legitimize their team. They're not getting the credit, in my opinion, that they really should get. You know, typically the NBA has been dominated by East Coast and West Coast teams. We're kind of a smaller market. Yeah, uh, It was great to win the championship, but I think to really get the credit that they really deserve, we're probably going to need to send, see them um, win another championship. And if we can keep Jokic and, and Murray healthy and those key pieces around them together, there's a, a chance they could do that. I, they looked like a heck of a basketball team this year. I mean, kind of a, kind of an awkward looking basketball team. I mean, it's not the typical basketball that I think that we're used to seeing over the last, I don't know, several decades or so. But I think Jokic brings an interesting uh, dynamic to to well, basketball itself, but to that team for sure. Well, especially because he's a center. Yeah, the the, the Nuggets kind of reminded me of the old Utah Jazz when Jerry Sloan yeah. was coaching. You had yep. Carl, Carl Malone and John Stockton, yep. and they played the two-man game with the pick and roll. Yep. Very reminiscent of kind of how the Nuggets are playing, yep. and it was fun to watch. I, I'm old school that way. I don't like all the running gun and no defense. I like to see yeah. a team play uh, team ball to man up on defense. To me, that's just a lot more fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then golf. I don't think we've talked about golf on this show before, but you did have the PGA about a month ago link up with the live tour. Do you watch any golf? Yeah, I do. And that's kind of interesting. And Tiger Woods has got some stuff going on right now. He's, What's he got going on? He's putting together something, uh, Rory McIlroy and he and Roy McIlroy are putting some kind of like a, a tour together, some kind of a tour. Oh, together. that's cool. So um, I hadn't heard that. So basically what happened, Liv just kind of forced the PGA to kind of review the way they'd been doing business, because I do think some of the 
pros, although they were loyal, although they were loyal to the PGA, were not happy with some of the rules and the way they were doing business. And so I think in the long run. You mean run, just like your average PGA pro? Yeah. Uh, out at the course? You well, know. just the players. A lot yeah. of the players, the rules, some of the way the way they did things uh, caused some uh, animosity. So I think. In, I think it was the money, Rick. Well, I think that they were getting offered a heck of a lot of money. To go to live, they yeah. were. And so basically, although a lot of people don't like live, it probably will be good in the long run for the PGA. It'll be interesting to see what Rory and Tiger have going yeah, though. That will be interesting. That could be cool. And they've got the deep pockets to put, you know, yeah. and, and can get investors behind them if they've yeah. got something to put together. As yeah, well. that could be really interesting. Well, Rick, as always, thanks so much for coming on the show today and schooling us today in short sales. Last time you were on, you were talking with us about foreclosures. You've always got a unique perspective on on the real estate market, so we appreciate you coming on. Any last minute thoughts? No, I just like I said, um, the, the market uh, in general right now is is not bad. Even though rates are a little bit higher, if you're thinking of selling your home, you're not going to be able to gouge the market like we were doing a year, year and a half ago. You're going to have to price it competitively if you want to sell it. But the, but it, don't let that market, the interest rates, and and what you're hearing discourage you. Um, the market is still pretty good. Excellent information, Rick. Thanks so much. If you'd like to get in touch with Rick Culp to discuss buying or selling your next home or to chat with him about a short sale situation, give him a call at 303-995-4788. Thank you for tuning in to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. If you have a question about financing for your next home or refinancing a current mortgage, give us a call at 303-921-5747. Don't miss next week's show right here on ESPN Denver 1600, Saturdays at 7 a.m. You can find past episodes on our podcast at denversports.com.